The Lady Parts Doctor Podcast is a health podcast focusing on issues that affect women and those assigned female at birth. However, it is for everyone. This is our safe place to talk about things that matter to you involving your spiritual, mental, and physical health. It's not medical advice. It's medical information. We talk and I give you the evidence with a little of my personal and professional experience sprinkled in. So sit back, relax, grab your water bottle, tea, coffee, wine, whatever it is, and let's go. Welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor, and woo, it has been a little while. We are coming off Black Maternal Health Week, which was our last podcast, and I tell you, recording a podcast every day and producing was a lot of work, so I needed just a little bit of a break to be able to recoup and then come back and have a nice, thorough conversation with you. And we're having it during Maternal Mental Health Month, which is kind of, I think, the perfect segue, the perfect transition. And yes, we are still talking about pregnancy and postpartum. So if you're like, "Mm, I don't want to hear about that, don't worry. No worries. We will be focusing on more GYN issues in the near future. But today we're going to talk about maternal mental health. Postpartum is an exciting time. And it is also a very stressful time and a potentially isolating time. You know, I say all of this coming from a place now where my baby is eight months, just about, and I've gotten very comfortable. I'm past that. You know, for me, I always said the first eight weeks after having a baby is like the really trying time. That's the serious adjustment time. But I'm out of that phase. And so while I am not quite coasting, I am coasting considering where I was approximately seven months ago. (laughs) So even saying something to you like postpartum is an exciting time and also a very stressful time, like I can feel the stress just coming from the memories. With that said, even the happiest most mentally fit moms and birthing people can really struggle as they adjust to everything. I mean, you have a new body, you have a new baby, you have increased demands all around. You are still trying to maintain a great relationship with your partner. Although honestly, you're not really thinking about that at the time, but that is important. And you are doing all of this with little to no sleep. According to a recent report from the CDC, mental health conditions were the leading underlying cause of pregnancy-related deaths from 2017 to 2019. They accounted for about almost 23% of deaths in 36 states. Peripartum and postpartum mental health conditions, they're not all created equal. They range from the common baby blues to disorders like the rare but terrifying postpartum psychosis. In between, you have anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, which all of these can be devastating. So 
let's talk about them. You know, there's nothing taboo here. We're just going to have an honest conversation about these different conditions. You might be familiar with baby blues already. During this time, a new mother, new parent may have sudden mood swings, feeling very happy and then very sad or crying for no apparent reason. You missed the Golden Girls Marathon on TV land. You're crying. You didn't miss the Golden Girls Marathon. You're crying. Someone says Golden Girls and you're crying. (laughs) It's a lot. It is a lot. In addition, there can also be sleeplessness, anxiety, and irritability. Baby blues occur in approximately 85% of U.S. women. 85%. That means that most women and birthing people are going to have this experience. Fortunately, baby blues are temporary, and they're really limited to the first two weeks postpartum, usually peaking around the first two to three days postpartum. And that's not surprising at all, because Around day three is when that cute, very sleepy newborn that you have to wake up to nurse and feed, that's when they wake up and they realize, hey, I'm not in the womb anymore and I have to cry to get everything that I need. And they cry. And what happens when they cry? You stop sleeping. Your sleep dwindles significantly. Although baby blues, they're not a disorder. They are considered a risk factor for postpartum depression. So how can you tell the difference between the two? Remember, baby blues are self-limited. If you're still having these symptoms after two weeks, it's not baby blues. It might be something else. Anxiety can start during pregnancy or postpartum, and it lasts from weeks to months. Risk factors include a personal or family history of anxiety, lack of support, and more. Generalized anxiety occurs in 6 to 8% of women in the first six months postpartum, and social anxiety occurs in up to 7% of early postpartum women. It manifests as fear, panic attacks, shortness of breath, rapid pulse, feelings of doom, fear of going crazy or dying. Anxiety can also be intrusive thoughts, fear of going out. That was me. I like, whenever I had a baby in my postpartum, I would not leave. And, you know, for me, I guess maybe it wasn't just fear of going out. Like I was afraid to go out, but I was more afraid of like, what if this happens? Like, what if the baby gets hungry? Okay. You know, it's easy to look back and be like, well, just feed the baby. But then I was nursing and I'm like, well, what if I'm nursing? And then what if the baby's still hungry? And you know, at that time, some of the babies are still nursing for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, well, what if that happens when I'm out? Or like, what if the baby needs the diaper change? And it's easy now to look back and be like, well, you just changed the diaper. But when you're in it and you're already overwhelmed and you're already going through a lot, That's not so simple. So that can manifest as a fear of going out. Other things include checking behaviors. Like, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I put the baby to sleep on the baby's back? Did I put the baby to sleep on the baby's back? Is the baby on the baby's back? Easier now with the monitor because you can just look at the monitor and check. But how do you know if you need treatment? When this starts to significantly affect or disrupt your life, you might need treatment. Untreated anxiety can lead to the next issue we're going to discuss. About one in seven women 
develop postpartum depression. Sometimes people just refer to it as postpartum. And postpartum depression includes depression that develops during pregnancy and the first year after birth. So if you develop depression during the first year after having a baby, that is considered postpartum depression. It usually occurs in the first three months postpartum. Risk factors are similar to anxiety, and they also include pregnancy or fetal loss, right? That makes sense. Substance abuse, intimate partner violence, also known as domestic violence, and more. Postpartum depression can last as little as two weeks or much, much longer. Symptoms are similar to non-pregnancy related depression. They include things like a change in appetite, a change in sleep or energy or motivation and concentration. You may experience negative thinking, including guilt, hopelessness. You could have suicidal thoughts, feeling useless, And unworthy is also common, as well as intrusive thoughts regarding harm to one's baby or oneself. And that's why postpartum depression is so important to recognize and treat. Because untreated depression affects you, it affects your family, and it affects your baby and your relationship with your baby. Let's take a moment here to talk about intrusive thoughts. It's important to note that most new moms report intrusive thoughts, and it's a surprising feature of motherhood that no one tells you about. In a study of moms in British Columbia, researchers found that at least 70% of new moms reported having unwanted intrusive thoughts about infant harm. That's jarring, right? That's really concerning because you're already overwhelmed. You're already, you know, you have a lot going on. Yes, you're happy. You have your beautiful baby. And then here comes these thoughts out of what seems to be nowhere. And these thoughts range from things like things accidentally happening to the baby to the mom inflicting harm in this particular study. What if I can't love this baby? Or I can't be trusted to care for this baby? These are common thoughts. While most of them remain just thoughts, the key is how the parent felt about the thoughts. I share this with you so that you know you are not alone If you were having these thoughts, I also encourage you to share these thoughts with a trusted healthcare provider who can help assess which of these are just thoughts and which, if any, need to be evaluated further. Bipolar disorder affects approximately 2.5% of the U.S. population, and it's a brain condition that causes unusual shifts in mood, energy, or activity levels. You can have very, very highs and then very, very lows. It can appear for the first time during pregnancy or postpartum, and it's a lifelong condition with no single cause. It's a risk factor for the final condition we're going to discuss, or one of the final conditions we're going to discuss, postpartum psychosis. Postpartum psychosis is very rare. It occurs in one to three in a thousand births, but it is very, very serious. It has a sudden onset, usually between 24 hours to three weeks after delivery. 
Postpartum psychosis involves extreme mood fluctuation, confusion, cognitive impairment, like just not thinking straight. It can have bizarre behavior, insomnia, visual and auditory hallucinations. So you're imagining things. You're imagining things that you see. You are imagining things that you hear. And also people with postpartum psychosis can have delusions that they need to harm or kill their babies or other people or themselves all for the greater good. You've heard the jarring stories of the moms that have followed through with these hallucinations. It's terribly upsetting to think of someone who was once so happy to get pregnant and start a family taking such drastic actions and then seeing the aftermath of that. However, it's important to remember that this is a sickness and that people who are going through postpartum psychosis are not themselves. For this reason, it requires immediate psychiatric help, which often includes hospitalization. Obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, occurs in up to 4% of postpartum women and birthing people and consists of intrusive repetitive thoughts that are scary and do not make sense. Again, these intrusive thoughts often involve harming the baby and can lead to compulsive behavior in an attempt to make the thoughts go away. It starts around one to three weeks postpartum and can last weeks to months. There are many risk factors, including a personal or family history of OCD, panic disorder, or generalized anxiety disorder. Other conditions I didn't mention include schizophrenia, which affects approximately 1% of the population, and schizoaffective disorders, which affect about 0.5% of the population, and post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, in which you have distressing anxiety symptoms um, that you experience after a traumatic event. And PTSD occurs in 2 to 7% of postpartum women. So now you're wondering, wait, some of this sounds familiar. Do I have postpartum depression or any one of these things? Or you might be wondering, well, what can I do to protect my mental state during pregnancy and postpartum? Tune in to next week's episode where we're going to discuss the answers to both of these and we're going to review the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale. I hope this was helpful just to give you some more background and understanding of what the likelihood is or approximately how many people actually experience these conditions and what it's like for someone who has these conditions. And maybe you know someone who's gone through it and hopefully you've gotten a little bit more information to better understand where they're coming from or to go continue to do some research on your own. Remember that there's always a blog that corresponds to the podcasts and the blog will have the references listed if you want to go back and see the resources. Now the blog usually has a bit of a delay, you know, it comes a few weeks after the podcast because I record faster than I'm able to write and get everything up, but it's there. And while you're looking at the blog, subscribe. While you're listening to the podcast, subscribe. Remember the podcast is available where you're listening now, but also it's available in a number of other places. And if you want to connect, you can connect on the YouTube channel. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at LadyPartsDoc, L-A-D-Y-P-A-R-T-S Doc, D-O-C. I'm also on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. And I love when you connect because you always give me great 
questions, stories, and ideas. Like I love when you hit me up and you're like, hey, Dr. Hack, let's talk about this. Or if you just share something like, I like the podcast about this. Like somebody reached out to me, it was a med student a few weeks ago. And I loved that. You know who you are. <laughs> I'm talking about you on the podcast, but I I love that. It's so helpful for me to get feedback and to know that, you know, we're headed in the right direction. And of course, if you want to say something a little longer, you can always email me at drhack at ladypartsdoctor.com. That's D-R-H-A-C-K at ladypartsdoctor.com. That's about it. Okay. So tune into next week's episode. Until next time.